Hello, and welcome to the More Than Moose podcast, where we explore all the different things that we can do together as an elders quorum beyond helping people move. I'm here with Ron Hall, and I have known Ron for a number of years. He was a scoutmaster extraordinaire to both of my sons, uh, which was really exciting. So I've been looking forward to sitting down and, and talking to him. Ron, there's some people in our ward who are new or with the boundary changes might not otherwise know you and your family. So maybe you can just briefly introduce yourself. Grew up in Utah. I uh, stayed there until I went on my mission. After my mission, went to school, graduated, and the company, the Lockheed Martin, sent a recruiter out. They picked up 12 of us from BYU all at the same time. We ended up being in the same group, and only two of us I know that are still there when I left. Came out here in 83 with the company. Been here ever since, except for a, about a four-year break when I was at uh, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. In these interviews, I typically don't work, focus too much on what people do work-wise, but in your case, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you do at Lockheed Martin over the years? Oh, a lot of this and a lot of that. Worked on some things that went bump and bang in the night that we don't talk about. <laughs> uh, I spent a lot of time working on the fleet ballistic missile, the D-5 missile that is launched from the Trident II submarine. So not something that most people can claim to have done in, in their career. <laughs> no. So pretty unique in that regard. So we'll, uh, we'll let people ask you about that off the record, <laughs> so to speak. When you're not designing missiles... What do you enjoy doing? Are there certain hobbies or interests that uh, that you like to pursue? I enjoy anything space. I've always enjoyed launching rockets ever since I was uh, well, 10, 10 years old and building little model rockets and shooting them off. So I used to love to, from our backyard in Florida, we could watch the launches or I'd actually go on base and go right down the causeway where I could look right straight over at the rocket on the paddock. It goes out, your shirt rattles, the ground shakes, and it's kind of a cool experience. So my wife has told me that if we get to the point where we have to go and colonize Mars, for example, like <laughs> she's not going. But if you had the opportunity, like would you actually go in space or you just like to kind of launch the stuff into space? I would love to go into space, but I know that I wouldn't be able to do it because I have ear problems. So I mean, just spinning around, I'd fall down and hit the ground. So I wouldn't make that there unless they come up with an artificial gravity. Yeah, I don't do so well with those type of rides at amusement parks and things like that. Yeah. So I'm guessing I wouldn't be a great astronaut candidate either. But yeah, maybe if they get it to the point where it's a little bit more similar to just taking a flight to the East Coast or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then, if they get to that point, I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. That I'm that I'm all in on it. Well, that's fun. When you were younger, then did you actually design? Did you just do these from like kits and things, or did yeah. you actually design your own rockets? Yeah, it was and things, uh, or? the little Estes kits that you would get. So I, I built everything from the little teeny ones to the Mars Snooper to the Big Bertha, and there was several of us in the neighborhood that uh, grew up in. We get them together, and we'd have launch day, and we'd just shoot them all up. And just remind me, like, how fast and how high do these rockets typically go? <laughs> the little one with the small engine typically goes up about 2,000 feet, about that range. I know nowadays you can't just do it in your neighborhood because FAA, they'll get after you for shooting stuff up in the, the area. You were involved in scouts for a number of years, and so was that just a form of service, or do you actually enjoy doing scouting and kind of outdoor-related <laughs> stuff? First, it was just a calling when we first moved out here. I was called to, to work with the, the kids, and I just had a good time. And there was a little bit of a break when I was in Elders Quorum. Pulled me out of that, and then 
said, hey, we need an 11-year-old scoutmaster. I said, well, okay, I'll do it. So I did that for some time until they put me in the elders quorum, then came back out again, put in the bishopric, and so I did scouts in, in between all the big callings. And believe it or not, when I, when I got to Florida, the bishop called me in one day after we'd been there a few months, and he, I just sat down in the chair and I looked at the bishop and go, you're looking for a scoutmaster. I said, yes. <laughs> so I was a, a scoutmaster there for the ward helping some kids. It was really small. It was, uh, we had three boys in the whole ward that were active in scouting. So it made it tough, but we had fun. And when you look back on your scouting experience, are there any particular activities or, or memories that stand out for you? Oh, we had a lot of fun at day camp. I know it wasn't very long, but just to see what the boys could do in those couple of days in the one night camp over, especially the boys that your dad's supposed to be there at 4 o'clock to meet Chuck when, on Friday, and some of them, it gets to be 4.30, where's my dad, where's my dad? And one we're like, his, his dad told us, I won't be there till 6, and so where's my dad, where's my dad? Oh, he'll, he'll be here, don't worry, don't worry. And just to see their eyes light up when they see dad come walking up the trail to camp. To me, that was all worth it. I mean, you were talking about building rockets and things as a youth, and then professionally, I guess, built bigger rockets but do you like to do kind of hands-on stuff do you like to build things or you know I, I be do. mechanical in that way I, i've got an old uh, 67 gto that's been sitting for a while i need to get it running i uh, rebuild it once just i mean i just took everything off the engine threw it in a bucket and cleaned it and put it all back together again it ran so is that something that you did with your dad or kind of growing up or did you kind of acquire those skills more as an adult or basically i had a book had an older brother that worked on his car i just watched him went to watch my dad when he'd work on the car and just had a, a manual for the car and said oh here it is here's what i need to do okay <laughs> i only had one problem when i tore the engine back down and the clutch and put it all back together again the bolt that goes and bolts the flywheel on to the, the clutch plate was almost identical to the bolt that goes and holds the intake manifold down to the block or the head. <laughs> and so when I finally figured out that I had some of them transposed because I couldn't get the clutch to sit exactly where it was supposed to, then I had to pull and figure, oh, okay, I've got the wrong ones here and there, so I swapped them, then everything worked fine. And in terms of working on cars and things like that, I, I don't really do that much myself, but what I've heard is, is that it's way harder to do that kind of stuff these days in terms of the more modern car designs and engines and things like that. I yeah. guess it used to be maybe a little easier <laughs> to get in there and tinker and maybe do some of this yourself. Has that been your experience? Or Yes, yes, 100%. The older cars, you jury-rig them, you can make things work, you can pull them out and work on them, clean them, put them back. The new cars, you have to plug them in the computer. You've got to have all the software that's proprietary from the companies. And, and it just goes over there. So there's the new cars, there's not much you can do. And I'm kind of getting to the point where it's easier to pay someone else to do some of the hard stuff. And uh, you were mentioning before we kind of got going that uh, you're retired at this point. Mm -hmm. And so what does that kind of look like for you in terms of either how you're spending your time you know during the days or are there certain things that you would kind of said oh well once i'm retired i'm gonna here's my big list of stuff that i'm gonna go do or or whatever how's how's been how's that transition you know been like for you well unfortunately i retired during covid and when we retired we 
we drove from Florida back to California and just took our time going across the U.S. and saw a lot of things in the country. I'll never forget one sign we saw for a little town. It was called Bucksnort. I believe that was in uh, Mississippi. That's not your common name that you would find for a, a town, but there was a sign right there. After that, it was just more or less just going through and decide, you know what, I'm going to take some downtime a little bit and just sit back and relax. And it wasn't where you could just go out and go somewhere because there was always, you know, COVID this, COVID that. And so we just kind of sat back and just relaxed for a while. And is there anything that you're looking forward to doing or that you want to do maybe now that things are starting to open up a little bit? Well, one thing they do is I need to work on the car. I need to get it going. It's been sitting for a long time, so I'm almost going to have to tear it completely down again. That I'm not really looking forward to because I don't have all my tools. I've lost some of them somewhere in transitions and moving and kids moving. And so I've got to find out what I have and what I don't have and if I can even still do all the work anymore. So that's one, one thing. Another thing I have to admit that I really enjoy doing is watching the old black and white Perry Mason series. It comes on late at night, so I'll wait up and I'll watch that at night. And the old Gunsmoke series. Now, why I picked those two, I don't know, but I just enjoy my eat my lunch and watch one. And after late in the night, before I go to bed, I'll watch the other one. I've seen Perry Mason before. I think it's like fascinating. I think it's like a really good show and stuff. I don't think that I've, I don't know that I've seen Gunsmoke though. So, I mean, it's, I assume it's like kind of old Western kind of style type show or for people who aren't familiar with either one of those two shows, like what's the premise of each one of them? Well, Gunsmoke is set back in the 1800s, Dodge City, Kansas with uh, the sheriff. He rules everybody. Someone's always trying to shoot him and he's always quicker than them and takes them out. It's, there's, there's a lot of blood and gore. You don't see it, but everybody's shooting everybody and that seems to be the way of life back then. You don't like somebody, you just go shoot them and then Matt Dillon goes after him and said, what'd you do that for? Throws him in jail. Perry Mason, he's a very intelligent attorney. So he's always getting people off on murder cases. He figures out who really did the murder and gets his, his client off. So those are, those are fun because they're mystery and you kind of have to try and figure out where he's going as he's leading this courtroom trial. Those are fun. It keeps your brain going. Yeah, no, that's been my experience with those. It is neat just to see all the little plot twists or, you know, the little things that they pick up on. And, you know, yeah, and half the time he's explaining something, you're like, where is this headed? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it like all converges and you're like, oh, wow. It all makes sense, but I didn't see that coming, you know. And he'll turn and look at somebody in the gallery and they'll stand up. But I had to kill him, don't you understand? (laughs) Uh, And at this point, do you have grandkids? Yes, we have 12. Wow, all right. And are they local or are they in lots of places around the country? Four of them are in Syracuse, Utah with our son, Louis. Four are in... Loveland, Colorado with our daughter Erin, and then four are now in Omaha, Nebraska with our son Anthony. Then we have Brent and Travis that aren't married yet. And are there any kind of fun things that you enjoy doing with the grandkids? Well, when we see them, we like to go to space museums, whatever, play games with them outside, croquet. They like to, one, one depends on the family, one family, they like to go rafting. So we'll go up and go down the, the river and go rafting with them. Some of them aren't 
old enough to do those kind of things yet. So we'll play. I've got one grandson that he's a Lego master. He says, come on, Grandpa, let's go do Legos. And so you start putting them together, and he'll say, no, not that way. You don't put them like that. I say, oh, okay, you do it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's very sharp. He, he never uses the instruction book, but he just puts them together and says, well, how'd you do that? I thought the pieces. He goes, I just know where they go. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Future inventor right there. Maybe he'll end yeah. up at uh, Lockheed or hey, you never know. Else. Exactly, you never know. Well, Ron, this has uh, been a lot of fun in terms of just hearing a little bit more about this whole range of interests. Uh, it sounds like if anyone wants to potentially be an apprentice on a uh, <laughs> on a car project, <laughs> maybe that you know you could potentially come talk to Ron and maybe he'd take you under his wing and you know, be a way for, make the project a little less painful for him as well. So it could be a win-win kind of situation. But... Um, get somebody to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> there you go, exactly. So if, if you're strong and, and if you're willing, you know, come see Ron. But otherwise, you know, say hi to him. And, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of neat things that you can talk to Ron about um, just based on his interests and just, you know, just being a great guy in general. So Ron, excited to have you in our ward again well it's i tell you it's nice to be back and when they did away and made all the new boundary changes it's just like going back to the old ward that we left everybody so it's just like coming back home